episode, I'd like to read a brief eulogy that I've oh, written. Okay, Leo. Uh, last night, America lost one of its great all-time creeps. Oh, God. The man who basically came up with the idea of putting words around pictures of young women in increasingly debauched situations. The man who took the sailor suit and said, I bet I can ruin that, even more so than the Navy did. The man who's probably walked around in a shit-stained robe for the longest period of time because no one had the heart or were too afraid to tell him that he had shit himself two weeks ago because he was a 90-year-old man who lived in a goddamn castle. That's right. Last night we lost... Donald Duck! Come giant, Donald Duck. <laughs> Last night, Donald Duck died in a crazy iceberg-related boating accident. I just feel like... We've talked about pornography before, we sure so I feel have. like we should give a quick nod to one of the worst men in pornography. A lot of pre-pro went into this episode. Of yeah, Media it took me a whole minute to write that. <laughs> this is why they changed Donald Duck's sailor costume to black in the new DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's to always mourn. wearing black to mourn, because they knew. Morning colors. They knew it was going to happen <laughs> this year. I'm just for the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's me, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and me, Goofy. It is I, Goofington Goofy. <laughs> so yeah, last night, walking cum shitstain, Hugh Hefner shuffled off this mortal coil. Sure did. This is Media Majors. It's a podcast sure about media. I'm Liam Sr. I like to talk about movies and TV. And I'm Tom Lockney, and I like to talk about video games and the internet. I'm Eric McAdams, and I guess what I like to talk about is sports in the context of this show. But usually, you can catch me talking about history on my podcast, Big Time Whoopsies. And today, we're going to tell you all some stories. We decided, you know what, we were talking about, at the beginning of this episode, we were talking about, let's switch it up. Let's solve a cold murder. <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple hours to kill. Let's solve a cold murder that has fooled the cops. <laughs> And then Tom was like, or we can write the stories that we've all prepared, read the stories that we've all prepared. Yes. And I was like, fine, Mr. Fun Killer. And we thought we'd (laughs) challenge ourselves this week because Eric knows a lot about sports, but we don't. And so we made our stories a little like sports themed, sports centric. I'm doing a part two to my examination of North Korea and Western culture. And you told me to bring sports to the table. I did. Because your story involves sports a little bit. It Anyways. Does. The thing about me is, while my story does involve sports, my story doesn't involve much of a story. So we are reinventing the formula a little bit. Yeah. That's <laughs> We're right. We're really breaking new ground with our transgressive we, podcast. We took the wheel and we thought, what if we added a corner? <laughs> what if we added four? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going first today. Chapter one. Why NFL coaches piss me the fuck off. Oh, good. <laughs> Chris Cluey was just a young man with a heart and a dream when he joined the NFL. Okay. <laughs> and, an intact, <laughs> and an intact skull. Coming off of a successful college football career wherein he set numerous school records, he was hired onto the Seattle Seahawks as a free agent and would later go on to serve as the Minnesota Vikings punter for eight seasons. A hawk? A Viking? He's a regular... Thor? Loki? Take your pick. (laughs) It is worth noting at this point that the average career in the NFL is four seasons. Though he is remembered as one of the greatest punters in Vikings history, during his tenure he is known for his social justice advocacy, most notably in regards to gay marriage. He was released from contract by the Minnesota Vikings in 2013 and, in 2014, 
Cluey alleged that he was let go due to his outspoken progressive views. He alleged that his coach, Mike Prefer, had made homophobic remarks, a statement that would later be backed up by at least two witnesses. A lawsuit is avoided thanks to an agreement between Cluey and the Minnesota Vikings that he would drop the lawsuit in exchange for a long-term five-year commitment to five LGBT charities, in addition to those already receiving donations from the Vikings. Though this is not relevant to the action of today's story, it serves as a good example and a good prequel uh, to Cluey's political stances and outgoing nature. Do you know Do you know Chris Cluey at all, sports boy? Follow him on Twitter. Have read many pieces by him. Like him a lot. <laughs> I I think he's I think he's pretty good. You know. I don't have strong opinions about him, but he for sure got fired because of supporting uh, gay rights. Like, that is very definitely what happened. That's a, that's a, if anybody's interested, it's a super fascinating story. Football. We hate you if you're gay. We hate you if you're straight. We hate you if you have kids. Mm -hmm. It's also worth noting that the uh, first openly gay man who tried to play in the NFL, Michael Sam, was the mm -hmm. uh, SEC Defensive Player of the Year, which would normally merit him at least a second-round pick in the draft. He went into the seventh round after coming out as gay, uh, joined the practice squad of the Rams, and then was cut before the season started and never played in the NFL. Yeah, you know, all these NFL coaches locking arms with their players, but still not a single one will hire Cap. Mm-hmm. Chapter 2. <laughs> Why 2014 pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> Okay, so sports are done now. I'm not talking. I don't need to talk about sports anymore. Don't worry, everyone. That was it. That was all the sports. That's it. That's all the sports right now. Lame. It's just about Cluey because hey. he's because it's 2014 and he's not part of the Vikings anymore. Yeah, that's true. But wait, a quick a quick disclaimer. I would like to say that media majors does not take that stance of sports get ball. I don't get it. Sports are cool. Yeah, if you like sports, I'm seeing a lot of anti sports <laughs> like on Twitter lately, and it's starting lately? to grind my gears. <laughs> Anti-sports has dominated, like, so many of my social media feeds for so many years. Like, every time the Super Bowl comes around, there's always someone who thinks it's really funny and unique to be like, what? Who's watching sports ball? I hate that. <laughs> it's like, everybody is, dummy. Yeah, this, okay. like, the Super Bowl was fun to watch until, you know, the NFL became worthy of a boycott. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, you just got themed. It's Chris Cluey time now. Because <laughs> while he's also... A football player he's also a avid gamer in a profile uh -oh. yeah i know in a profile back in 2008 cluey revealed that he was an avid player of world of warcraft even going by the name chris warcraft for quite some time on twitter yep what's his twitter name now might still be that chris i'm not Dota. sure chris starcraft <laughs> chris from software chris blizzard chris blizzard that's what it is <laughs> but it's just because he really likes chris McDonald's. mario party 4 <laughs> <laughs> No, it's still Chris Warcraft. He's also been longtime friends with Game Informer editor Andrew Reiner. They formed uh, the band Tripping Icarus, and they even penned a science fiction novel together called <laughs> Tripping Icarus 2. Mel Parker. What is the book called? Uh, <laughs> Prime. A Genesis series event, volume one. <laughs> What's volume two come out? I don't know. I think they're working on it, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's about a handsome punter. Who has to save the world. Excuse me, sorry, it's sci-fi, the galaxy. It takes place in, in the John Boyce infinite football universe. <laughs> yeah. God, 17776 is so good. 
It's really good. It is. So for a long time, even though he is part of games culture, Chris Cluey, he's he's not like an active participant as much. He's you know he's he's just come off his football career, which was taking up a lot of his time and attention mm-hmm. until 2014 when Gamergate happened. Oh no! Yeah. Listen to episode. Don't know. <laughs> listen to episode of twenty three of Media Majors for a little more of an in depth breakdown of a, of the like broad series of events that took place during the Gamergate crisis. But for those not in the know, here's the like briefest of crash courses on Gamergate. Back in twenty fourteen, developer Zoe Quinn was falsely accused by an ex of sleeping with games journalists in order to get good game review scores. This is demonstrably, provably, unequivocally false but it's the narrative that sticks and then unfurls into a campaign of hate and terror that disproportionately targets women and minorities in the games industry. They are doxxed, they are swatted, they are harassed, seemingly without end or restraint. And one month into the Gamergate crisis, Cluey weighs in. Chapter 3. Why hashtag Gamergators piss me the fuck off. Oh, Cluey. In the piece titled, Why Gamergators piss me the fuck off, Cluey straight up viciously insults Gamergators. It's awesome and intentional, but I'll get to that later. For now, let's just bask in a good roast! The piece begins. Dear Gamergators, do you know why you piss me the fuck off? Because you're lazy. You're ignorant. You are a blithering collection of wannabe Wikipedia philosophers drunk on your own buzzwords, incapable of forming an original thought. You display a lack of knowledge stunning in its scope, a fundamental disregard of history and human nature so pronounced that makes me wonder if lead paint is a key component of your diet. (laughs) You think you're making piercing arguments when, in actuality, you're throwing a temper tantrum that would embarrass a three-year-old. He continues. There's this herd of people, mainly angsty teenage Caucasian men, based on an informal survey of 99% of the people who feel the need to defend this nonsense to me on Twitter, who feel that somehow their identity as gamers, scare quotes, is being taken away. Like they're all little Anne Franks, hiding in their basements from the PC Nazis and the social justice warrior brigades, desperately protecting the last shreds of core gaming in their unironically horrible live blog journals filled with patently obvious white privilege and poorly disguised monology. First they came for their Halo 2s, and I said nothing. This is how he chooses to end the piece. All you Gamergators keep defending this puerile filth, and so the only conclusion to draw is the logical one that you support those misogynistic cretins in all their mouth-breathing glory, that you support the harassment of women in the video game industry and in general, that you support the idiotic stereotype of the gamer as a basement-dwelling sweat beast that so many have worked hard to try and get rid of. And you know what? That pisses me the fuck off. I've spent too long as a gamer, seen too much progress made to let you tarnish that name. I hope you all, every Gamergator, picks up a debilitating case of genital warts. The rest of you, find a different hashtag. Sincerely, Chris Cluey. So, apologies if that was a lot of quote, uh, but I could not parse it down. There was a lot of, like, really good shit in there. (laughs) It was really good that at the time he wrote this, like, very strong, direct criticism of Gamergate and the people online who send, like, rape and death threats and will dox people. It's good that he did that. Mm -hmm. But it was more than criticism. The tone was intentional. In the weeks after the piece was published, Cluey was never doxxed, never had to evacuate his home due to a bomb threat. He continued to speak and work and function unmolested by the Gamergate movement. Quote, No one's come after me. I called them literally every name I could think of, and nope, no one's come after me. 
But Felicia Day wrote a very heartfelt blog post about how all this has made her feel, and 15 minutes later, she gets docs in the comments. If nothing else, that shows the true core of this so-called movement. It's very much a gender-based thing. There's no way around the fact that their main targets are prominent women who have been involved in gaming. He's right. He's right. Yep. And, you know, I should also note that... Is he sitting on a stack of cash? Because he is 100% on the money. <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you, everybody! <laughs> That's our podcast. I want to thank Tom Hay... Okay. Uh, I should also note, Chloe is simply reiterating what every marginalized group in the games industry has been telling us ad infinitum, that gaming has too long been a safe harbor for the bigoted dregs of our society. Though he remains an outspoken critic of Gamergate for the duration of the crisis, the Gamergate hate movement quickly pivots its focus to center on other things, meaning other women. <laughs> yeah, again, simply proving his point. My story doesn't really have an ending, and, and you know, frankly, it doesn't it's, really have a beginning. Not, it's it doesn't not really a story. have a middle. <laughs> it's just like a guy, a football player, wrote a blog post once, uh, but he remains an outspoken, direct, aggressive, critical voice in the uh, like ideological conflict that's embroiling our country today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have an ending for this story, actually. Oh, do you now? Look at that. Well, Chris Cluey uh, is the guy who one time debated Mike Cernovich over uh, video call. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. He did. He debated Mike Cernovich over a video call. Mike Cernovich is not great at debating people. Uh, what? Not a particularly charismatic guy. I know. It's you mean weird a man to say whose entire career is that he sounds like he needs to be drinking more water can't <laughs> talk well? Yeah, and I and I haven't watched this whole debate because like I don't I don't need to. No but, one needs to. Uh, from what I've heard, uh, Cluey obliterated him so badly that there were gamergators on their forums saying like, "Wow, we really should have gotten someone other than Mike Cernovich for this." <laughs> <laughs> Eat shit, Gamer Gators. Oh, boy. Trash. Agreed. There's a climax for you for the story. Perfect. Great. Thank um, you, Eric, for saving my story yeah. this week. All right. Thanks for cluing us in. Woof. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> <laughs> not even, not even uh, the worst one out of the eight I had in my head. Oh, I, I believe it. I just still. Loading up Google Docs. I forgot to do that before. The theme song to Louie, but it's there Louie. Was, there, was, there was a time, one time, where I got into, like, a, a pun off with Liam on Twitter. Uh, one of the many. Um, yeah. And near the end, I can't one. remember what the puns were about, but near the end, I kind of go like, wow, I hate this. I hate being in this headspace. And Liam just goes like, this is me all the time! <laughs> Welcome to my nightmare. I live in the madness! <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to continue uh, our examination on North Korea's... Why are you so obsessed with us? <laughs> so today we're going to look at one of the Kims, both Jong-il and Jong-un's closest... Well, Jong-un's closest friend, but a person that Kim Jong-il greatly admired. Dennis Rodman was born in Trenton, New Jersey, the son of Shirley and Philander Rodman Jr., an Air Force enlisted member who later fought in the Vietnam War. When he was young, his father just straight up left, eventually moving to the Philippines to get as far away from them as possible. Uh, Rodman had a ton of brothers and sisters. According to his father, he has either 26 or 28 siblings just on his father's side. I mean, his first name is Philanderer, so... However, Rodman himself has stated that he is the oldest of a total of 47 children. This is not true. I'm just really did best. not know this about Dennis Rodman in Eric's yeah. expressions now. The thing is, Rodman isn't the oldest of 47 children. He lived with his mother and two older sisters, 
and his two older sisters were really good at basketball, and Dennis Rodman was really bad at basketball. So he was actually pretty shy and awkward until, like, his later high school years. Conflict. he would try to play basketball with his sisters, and his sisters and his mom would be like, you are terrible at this. And they'd just fucking lay up on him. Basically, yeah. That's the thing is, he was so... It's funny you mentioned layup. That was what he struggled with the most as a kid was, like, he could not do layups. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm Dennis Rodman, and I'm really not good at basketball. Where do you think he's from? New Jersey? Where do you think people Welcome to New Jersey, home of the Longhorn Steakhouse. Go Bulls. So according to Rodman, he was unable to hit a layup and was listed in the high school basketball teams, but was either benched or cut from the squad. He was only 5'6". Spoiler alert, he doesn't stay 5'6 forever. He then, as when he was working as a janitor at the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, which he must be a terrible job, two feet. he experienced a sudden growth spurt and despi- decided to get into basketball again. And uh, how much of a growth spurt was it? I can, I can, I can find his final height if you want. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm He was at for. five six when the growth the uh, growth spurt happened. I want to know how much his bones hurt when they got longer. Uh, so, Dennis Rodman is six foot seven. Holy so it shit. was a very big growth. And that was like a foot and an inch. Yep. Jesus. So he bones must have hurt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so he's playing high school ball. He still feels awkward because he's like trying to use this body that he's just been grown into. <laughs> he doesn't really know how it works. Like an American werewolf. Yeah, kind of. There is an American werewolf part where it's just him long, elongating like Gumby, screaming in agony. Um. But a family friend tipped off the head coach of Cook County College, which is now North Central Texas College, and in a single semester, he averaged 17.6 points and 13.3 rebounds before flunking out. (laughs) (laughs) He then transferred to Southeastern Oklahoma State University, which is an NAIA school, and then he was a three-time NAIA All-American and led in rebounding in two different seasons. He's a defensive player. He becomes like a big defensive yeah, player. Yeah, he's he's good at rebounding. I know this about Dennis Rodman. So here's like a weird, and, and after this, we're kind of get to my thesis of this. Because during college, Rodman worked at a summer youth basketball camp where he befriended camper Burn Rich, who was shy and withdrawn due to, his, to, due to a hunting accident in which he mistakenly shot and killed his best friend. Oh, boy. So Dennis Rodman Guns sees protect the, guy, us. the two... And the two... <laughs> and the two become pretty much inseparable and form a close bond. Rich invited Rodman to his rural Oklahoma home, and Rodman was not well-received because white people are oh, racist. Yeah, yeah. But they were so grateful for bringing rich out of his shell that they ended up pretty much like completely changing their viewpoint falling in love with rodman and basically adopting him Um, i love my long son (laughs) (laughs) i love my lengthy son (laughs) so so many inches so many huge inches on my son his arms are as long as me We, he spreads his wingspan and we all sit on his arms for a family portrait. He lifts me up for a hug and I can touch the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically credits him with like adopting him because he despised his family. And he moved in Yeah, I wonder and... why. He had two <laughs> I know, fucking right? older sisters who just dunk on him, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> So 
he went from, as he says it, uh, going from city life to driving a tractor and messing with cows. <laughs> <laughs> One of the cows just like turns and is like, Bessie, however, it's that Rodman again. <laughs> however, He's as, coming. as of 2013, he has stopped communicating with the Rich family for reasons unknown to them. Although I'm gonna tell maybe, you guys, maybe I have it had a, something to do with the cows. I have, I have a theory. So basically, like as we can see from Rodman's early life, he's sort of drawn to eccentric and I'll say it like hateful people. Like it, it his dad up and left. His family incredibly spiteful. The the family he like readopted himself into super racist upon upon meeting him. Yeah, I think there's something about Dennis Rodman where he just loves people that are filled with hate for some reason and i don't know why because i did research on him and i don't think dennis rodman is a hateful person i think he's legitimately the opposite oh by all accounts dennis rodman is a very nice person weird and we'll go into his basketball career after a quick break to hear from another podcast on the network Woo! man what an ad all right so as for a basketball career rodman played with the spurs in the early 90s and was uh, was a Chicago Bull from ninety five to ninety eight. Yeah, he was he was part of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen's team. He was part of what like a lot of basketball people say was one of the greatest ensembles, the ninety six Bulls. Yeah, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman formed one of the greatest teams of all time. I mean, and you have like Dennis Rodman is a fucking incredible defensive player. He wins five championships and two defensive player of the year titles. He was a really good player. He was a total star, and he sort of adopted, like, a bad boy persona. Lots of tattoos, constantly dyeing his hair, lots of piercings. Well, the thing is, is he was suspended in 97 for kicking a fucking cameraman during a game. Wow. And so what do you do when you're suspended for a season and you look like Dennis Rodman? Well, you call your buddy Hulk Hogan and ask him, Hey, can I join professional wrestling with you? (laughs) So Dennis Rodman became Hulk Hogan's, like, number two and helped Hulk Hogan win the heavyweight championship. Except not really because all wrestling is scripted. Yeah. But it does give Dennis Rodman a taste for acting. And although he goes back and plays and finishes a 20-year career in the NBA, Rodman isn't done being in the limelight sorry can i just do one more fun fact about his playing career yeah please where this will this will be the bookend for his basketballing that that time he spent with the pistons where they were like fucked everybody up essentially uh one of the teams that they beat up on in the playoffs was a young michael jordan's chicago bulls uh which they beat with rodman's help and before going on to win the championship themselves and then michael jordan came back like older and wiser and beat the pistons <laughs> There was a fun little saga in that in those years of like teams getting better and actively trying to beat specific teams in the playoffs. Pro basketballs, fascinating. So the Rodman World Tour was a television talk show hosted by Dennis Rodman. It aired on MTV for one season in 1996, and the show was noted for its oddball situations, such as Rodman interviewing guests from his bed. That's a little weird. That same year. Dennis Rodman had two appearances in releases by a famous rock band from the 90s. Can we guess who they are? Late 90s. Nirvana. Late 90s. Kind of hard. Ghost of Nirvana. Yeah. It's the go- well, kind of. It was Pearl Jam. Oh. Oh. <laughs> a Polaroid picture of Rodman's eyeball is on the cover of their album, No Code. And like Rodman has a voicemail that he contributed for the album, which is on another song on that album. Weird. 
A year later, he made his feature film debut in the action film Double Team alongside Jean-Claude Van Damme okay. and Mickey Rourke. Double Team is a 1997 American action comedy that stars Van Damme, Rodman, and Mickey Rourke. Van Damme plays a counter-terrorist agent, Jack Quinn, who is assigned to bring an elusive terrorist known as Stavros to justice. Aiden Quinn is his flamboyant weapons dealer, Yaz, played by Dennis Rodman. Oh boy. Uh, I've seen a lot of this movie, Mm -hmm. and it's amazingly terrible. Oh, good. It was a huge bomb at the box office, and the film was nominated and won for three Golden Raspberries. Worst actor, Rodman. Worst new star, Rodman. And worst screen couple, Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, wow. Raspberries are very mean. We'll talk about them one day. Really ripping them to shreds. It also features a scene where Van Damme and Dennis Rodman stop a giant fire uh, flamethrower from hitting them by putting a Coke machine in front of the fire. Oh, man, that's pretty awesome, though. It's pretty great. Uh, Simon Says is a 1999 spy action comedy film that stars Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook. Guess how that one went. And then Cutaway is a 2000 movie, a made-for-television movie, about skydiving. And it stars Tom Berenger, Stephen Baldwin... And Dennis Rodman. So what you're telling me is that Dennis Rodman was very much his own agent. Yes. But it also shows that Dennis Rodman started getting into the circle of, like, celebrities that would appear on The Surreal Life and a ton of reality shows like that. People like Stephen Baldwin and Eric Estrada and Eric Roberts and, like, Ron Jeremy and uh, Vern Troyer, David Coulier. It was this weird group of people. Because Dennis Rodman was in uh, Celebrity Rehab for his drinking and made it to the halfway house and was sober for a little while. But it was like a lot of the people that were on his talk show or like he did a lot of movies with. It's always weird that there is this like group of celebrities from the late 90s that totally lost control. In 2005, Rodman became the first man to pose naked for PETA's advertisement campaign, Go Naked, Don't Wear Fur. That same year, Rodman traveled to Finland to present at the one of the towns in Finland's July wife-carrying contest. Oh. But unfortunately, he had to resign from the contest due to health issues. Oh Let's discuss this. I can't pick. Oh my god, I can't pick up my wife. <laughs> do, do you pick up your own wife or somebody else's? Okay. Either way, really don't like the implications. In 2005, he released his second autobiography, I Should Be Dead By Now. <laughs> yeah. That same year, he became commissioner of the Lingerie Football League. Good lord. Uh, he won the game show Celebrity Mole on ABC. Is he... Okay, wait a second. Is Dennis Rodman, like, charming? Yes, Is he a incredibly good charisma? so. Okay. Incredibly charming. I've never seen him speak or talk. He just he just looks like a caricature. Here's how charming he is. In March of 2013, Rodman arrived at the Vatican City during voting in the papal conclave for the selection of the new pope. He was there because an Irish gambling company paid him to. When asked about it, he said... I'm just promoting this website. It's a gambling website, and it's about people who are going to bet on the new pope. And if he's black, you get your money back, said Rodman. What? So, like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, wrote an, I wrote a news story one time uh, where they allowed guests to bet on whether Trump will get impeached or whether, he, or whether Joe Biden will punch him the next time he sees him. Hmm. Probably the same website. But all of this pales in comparison to the craziest thing that Dennis Rodman has ever done, which is his multiple trips to North Korea to visit Kim Jong-un. Have you ever watched something for your favorite actor, but then afterwards you realized it wasn't worth your time? Well, our time is worth nothing. I'm Katie. And I'm Lenny. And together we host the Filmographers. 
Every month, we pick an actor and watch everything they've done. Then we report back to you so you know everything to decide if it's worth your time. So check us out on the Major Cast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. New episodes the first week of every month. He first met Kim Jong-un in... um in North Korea when him and Vice Media correspondent Ryan Duffy were hosting basketball editions. Upon meeting and spending a couple hours with him, he declared him a friend for life and suggested that Barack Obama call the leader due to their shared love of basketball. Oh my god. Describing his bromance, Rodman told Good Morning Brit Good Morning Britain, I hang out with him all the time. We laugh, we sing karaoke, we do a lot of cool things, like skiing and riding horses. This is Kim Jong-un, who is like like a a dictator. A dictator who is starving his population to death. Why? How does death... And also escalating nuclear tensions with superpowers. Who also assassinated his brother so that he could be in power. Does Dennis Rodman not have any idea what the fuck is going on in North Korea right now? Possibly. In 2013, Rodman told Sports Illustrated, my mission is to break the ice between hostile countries. Why it's been left to me to smooth things over? I don't know. No one left it to you. You took it, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's like Sean Penn being like, I'm just great friends with... With the... Oh, my God. Listen to the the drug ep- episode 38, I think it is, yeah. where we talk about how Sean Penn keeps getting involved with Latin American politics. Rodman has now been to North Korea about five times, and he says that Kim Jong-un is truly advancing the society, quote, by replacing the Flintstone stuff with more Jetson stuff, unquote. Kenneth Bay is a Korean-American evangelical Christian missionary. I almost called him a Christian magician. (laughs) He was convicted by North Korea on charge of planning to overthrow the North Korean government, including setting up bases in China for the purpose of toppling the North Korean government. Uh, The North Korean media stated that Bay was prosecuted for several alleged crimes. He was working with an evangelical organization, Youth with a Mission. Uh, They're accused of uh, preaching against North Korea to South Korea planning anti-North Korean religious coup d'etat called Operation Jericho, setting up bases in China, encouraging North Korean citizens to bring down their government, conducting a smear campaign, and the UN ambassador met with this person's parents and talked to North Korean authorities and was unable to do anything about it. On April 30th, 2013, North Korean Supreme Court sentenced Bay to 15 years hard labor. On May 10th, 2013, Dennis Rodman said, I'm going to try and get the guy out. It's going to be difficult. Again, no one is asking Dennis Rodman to, to do these things. Still, though, I'm glad he's trying. How does he, how does he approach that, do you think? How would you approach it, Tom? So, Kim, I was reading the news the other day. So, and this one story crossed, this one byline crossed my eye, and it said that you have a guy sentenced to 15 years hard labor? How about we, we're friends, we get each other. I know this kid's family. Could I bring him back? It's just they're they're really asking me, and like I I wanted to see him happy. I'm sorry, I don't want to put you in the situation right now, but I would feel awkward if I didn't ask. So the first thing Rahman does is criticize Barack Obama for not being able to get the kid freed, and the next thing he does is go he goes to Korea like five months after the guy is sentenced. He doesn't talk to Kim Jong Un about Bay at all, and refuses to bring it up when asked about it later. Then, on January 7th, while in North Korea, again, he, he was asked by CNN, again, like, are you going to try to free Kenneth Bay? And he gets agitated and says, Kenneth Bay did one thing. If you understand what Kenneth Bay did, do you not understand what he did in this country? No. You tell me. You tell me. Why is he held captain in this country? Why? I would love to speak on this. And then, the next day, Rodman, uh, Bay's sister, was like, 
I don't know why Dennis Rodman keeps doing this. We were just trying to save my brother. And then Rodman apologized. And then... <laughs> Sorry, I just went white. This is the reason he was acting so agitated is he was drunk when they interviewed him. So oh he's not gosh. sober anymore. Bay was later released and he does credit Den Dennis Rodman with his early release because Rodman's rants got everyone to like pay attention. Look, pay attention to him. So Dennis Rodman likes to surround himself with crazy people. But there's one person that he formed a really close relationship with that I did not mention at all because we're going to talk about him next time as I wrap up this North Korea uh, situation and we talk about the 45th president of the United States. <laughs> nice. Because him and Dennis Rodman are very close friends. Oh boy. Oh boy. And we're going to learn why next time. All right. Thanks. Oh, by the way, the thesis of these stories is that uh, the nuclear disaster is impending and we are all doomed. Oh, good. Awesome. I was kind of getting that sense. Some people, some people listen to podcasts to have a good time and enjoy any shred they can in this world. We're not here to let them not do that. Not our listeners. We face no. the fire and then tell everyone about it. All right, Eric. Bring us out of this nosedive. We're going to talk about baseball nicknames. Hell yeah, we are. A brief bit of history before we get started. Nicknames in baseball have a long and storied history. They have been, they have been generated since literally before the sport was professional. They have been attached to names so strongly that there are some baseball players that are primarily remembered by their baseball nicknames more than their actual God-given names. Infant Babe Ruth. Ruth. What? Babe Ruth. <laughs> I said Infant Ruth. Babe Ruth is one of those. So is Goose Gossage or Dizzy Dean or Choo Choo <laughs> Coleman. <laughs> Choo Choo! Every time he threw the ball, a train would go through the stadium. Sometimes, even fictitious nicknames, ones that were not found attributed to the, to, the, to the player during his lifetime, still take over the narrative and become the primary way they're remembered just because they sound so good. For one example, there's Cannonball Titcomb. <laughs> no! Cannonball Titcomb's real first name is Liddell. No one knows why Cannonball is what he's known as since no one called him it during his lifetime. There is one coach who said that they called him Cannonball, and that just kind of became Cannon. Ball. <laughs> that was on purpose. Tit. That, that pun. <laughs> Tickle. When your nipples are all, you know, like, need to be ordered. <laughs> oh boy, my nipples keep getting tangled up in each other. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Hi. Try out this titcomb. I'm Cannonball Titcomb, and I've got a product for you. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the baseball nicknames, especially nowadays, are pretty boring. They're kind of, you know, some ferocious animal, something that you'd expect to evoke classic depictions of masculinity. We're going to skip those because they suck. Panther Gregory. <laughs> We're going to focus on weirder ones. <laughs> I mean, uh, Panther Gregory isn't part of the list, though. <laughs> For instance, there's a man named Huey Jennings. His nickname was E-Yah. <laughs> because he loved Entourage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not because he loved Entourage, but because he shouted E-Yah all the time. 
Wait, can we each give our best? Our best. We should be maybe a little quiet because I think our neighbors are one. But can we each give our best? E ya, please. Sure. E ya. E ya. E ya. Mario, where did you come from? Yeah. It's a yeah. Iya is also well known because he had a mental breakdown due to fracturing his skull multiple times. Oh, shit. He would later die from meningitis. Anyway, that's Huey Jennings. Moving on. Some players had multiple nicknames, such as Vladimir Guerrero. He had a whole bunch. His first name was Vladimir, and his last name was Guerrero, so there's obviously a story there. Gorilla Vampire. <laughs> He was known sometimes as Vlad the Impaler. Sometimes he was known as Big Bad Vlad. Sometimes he was known as Big Daddy Vladdy. Oh my god. Oh my god. That was too much for you to just spring on me like that, Eric. Much like that one, a lot of these nicknames have unfortunate sexual connotations. <laughs> Some names, like Wee Willie Keeler. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> it had sexual connotations that would not come to light until much later when they actually became, you know, sexual slang. Like the one that kicked off this whole story. The one that Liam found, the guy whose nickname was just Cum. Hi, my name is, uh, this can't be right, Pistic? Pistic <laughs> is my nickname. And then there are the guys in baseball who just had really good normal names. Such as Dick Padden. <laughs> Or Dick Pole. Oh no! Or Pussy to Bow. <laughs> or Ed Head. <laughs> and then there are the guys who really early on in the in the history of baseball seem to have just kind of written down whatever on their lineup cards as opposed to putting a real actual name. There was a there was a minor league team called the Lancaster Lanks. In 1910, led by a man named Heine Pites, who was a real person, and went on to have a real major league career. No, no that can't be real. Heine Pites led a team no. that was full of even weirder characters. And most of them just had one name written on the lineup card. Like Wills, or Just, or Evers. But my favorite one is the player known as Beer. That's a lot of players back then. Beer played in 22 games for the Lancaster Lakes, so he has a real stat line. He wasn't very good. I played for the Lancaster Lakes, and my name is Stretch Weenus. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the history of baseball nicknames. With all that in mind, we're going to play a game. Oh, please, yes, yes, games yes, yes, fun. yes. I am going to play, I'm going to say three nicknames. You have to decide which one is made up or from another sport. Excellent. Oh, fuck me. I will reiterate, two of these in every selection are real baseball nicknames. Should we get started? Absolutely. Yeah, we should. I don't know what... What what do you want to win as a prize for whoever wins? I think we're all winners today. I feel like a winner. Eric, just pour this on us like a hot jug of milk. <laughs> Whichever one wins between Liam Where and Tom. Where are you getting just, your analogies? Just be able to lord it over the other one. Should we get yeah. started? As, sure. Yes, please. Round one. Tommy, two towels. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
bad porn or sweet lettuce. So, oh man, if sweet lettuce, if sweet lettuce isn't real, I'm, my heart's oh, going to break into am, a million pieces. I am, I am so happy. It has okay. to be bad porn, right? Like, I feel like a commissioner think, would be like, hey guys, like, I know that yeah, your name gonna, is Wee Willie. I'm going like, to also say that bad porn is the non-baseball one. It's so overt. You are correct. Bad porn is a nickname of basketball player Corey Majetti. Why? Why did they call Why? Him bad porn? It was a spiteful nickname given to him by fans of a previous team. Ah. Uh, Should we move on? Yes, please. Yep. Round two: Pickles Dill Heifer. Oh, oh man, that's so clever. Chicken Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I've what? done it. Science says I was mad, but no, I have created the Chicken Wolf. Or Johnny Dickshot. Oh boy. Oh boy. Wow. And now, and now, and now. Up to the plate. Plate, plate. Number five for the twins. Twins, twins. Johnny Dickshot. Alright, I'm gonna say. Dill Heifer isn't a baseball player nickname. It is. It, it feels a little too intentional. Ch- no, wait. No, no, no. Chicken Wolf. I'm going to go Chicken Wolf. So the final answers are Pickles Dill Heifer is the fake one and Chicken Wolf is the fake one, right? Yep. Oh, uh, I don't know. No, no, no. Fuck. What was the third one again? Johnny Dickshot. Johnny Dickshot. Okay, I think Johnny Dickshot is the fake one. Liam is correct. Yes! Damn it. But not because, not because of the reason you think. Oh, boy. Johnny Dickshot mm-hmm. is a real name. Yes! Yes! No. no Johnny Dickshot also had a nickname. It was Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> he described himself as the ugliest baseball player that ever lived. With the most badass name, though. I wish my name was Dickshot. <laughs> Chicken Wolf. His, his real first name was Jimmy, but his last name was Wolf. And, you know, Pickles Dill Heifer is just a play on the fact that he has Dill in his last name. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I've seen pictures of Johnny Dickshot. Not that ugly. Pretty regular looking. How's his dick look, though? (laughs) Shot. (laughs) Ready for the next round? Yes. Yep. So we've got, right now, Liam is winning two to one. Round three. Old Tomato Face. (laughs) (laughs) Old Wobble Knees. Okay. And old aches and pains. Oh, oh no, okay, okay. Eric. Right. What a good batch you've made. <laughs> aches and pains, wobble f- knee, and what was the first one again? Old tomato face. Old tomato face. I could see old tomato face being a thing because I've seen some baseball players. Some of them are very old. Some of them are very wrinkled. And some of them are very red. You know what? I think old tomato face is the fake is the faker. And Tom. I think it might be old. I think it might be old wobble knees. Aches and pains seems too specific to not be real. Are these our final answers? Yes. I think so, yeah. Tom is correct. Ah, oh, yeah. well done, buddy. I just made up old wobble knees. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it might be a catcher. Yeah, no, it's, it seemed realistic. That's yeah. why it's. it's... I fell for your trap. Yep. Old wobble knees steps up to that plate every time and just keeps falling over. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, Old Tomato Face was the nickname of Gabby Hartnett, and I think there might have been another player named nicknamed just Tomato Face, but I'm not sure. All right, ready for the next one? Yes, sir. Yep. Round four, Crib Midget. Wow, okay. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> Fat Elvis and the mayor of Ding Dong City. Oh, no. Yes. No way. <laughs> Ding Dong City. I can't pick that one because I can't believe in my heart that it's fake. <laughs> Oh, but Fat Elvis seems like such an obvious, like, that's fake. Oh, it's true, though. And I don't think, I don't think that, uh... Crib uh, little person. Crib midget is fake, because I don't think that if, Eric, you were gonna fake us out... We wouldn't use... That you, you wouldn't use a slur for little people. <laughs> Fuck. All right. So it's I'm gonna be... bite myself in the ass, but I think the mayor of Ding Dong <laughs> City is all right, and you know what? I can't, I can't make that same journey. This is like at the end of Silence, when like you're the priest who denounces his religion, you and I'm the one who's not. Referencing that movie on Media Major. And I'm not gonna denounce. I'm not gonna denounce my religion of the mayor of New Dong City or of Ding Dong City. <laughs> oh, a bit of a Freudian slip there. All right, I'm gonna, bu- I'm gonna take the bait. I think Fat Elvis is a fakey fake. Fat Elvis. You are both incorrect. Damn Crib it. Midget is the nickname of Jameer Nelson, a six-foot-tall basketball player. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, that's right, because you could have pulled from a different sport. A different sport. Tell me everything about the mayor of Ding Dong yeah. City, please. The mayor of Ding Dong City. <laughs> Out of curiosity, when would you think this player played in the major leagues I'm of gonna baseball? Say, 2016. I'm going to say around this time of, like, Cy Young. Tom is correct. That's Fuck fucking yes. amazing. Got it in fucking one. Got it in a fucking one. I love this. There was one good thing. There was one good thing about that year. <laughs> well, and it was the mayor two good of things. Ding Dong City. The mayor of Ding Dong City. His real name is Travis Shaw. No, his real name is Ding Dong City. Shut up, Eric. <laughs> Travis Shaw uh, currently used to play for the Boston Red Sox and now plays for the Milwaukee Brewers. You guys ready for the next one? Hell yeah, please, dude. please give it to me, Eric. Two to two. Yeah, we're still tied. Two to two. Round five. Pie. Spunk. Oh. Oh, my. Or scoonge. Is pie like the dessert or like the number? The dessert. I know. How do you spell scoonge? S-K-O-O-N-J. Obviously. Oh, that's a baseball name if I've ever heard one. I know I keep picking the middle one. I'm going to do the I same think, thing. I think, and I think, here's my theory. Here's my fun theory. I think, Eric, you made it up and put it in there because I'd find it funny. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Wait, really? Made that one up. Yes. yes. Although not because I thought you'd find it funny. I wanted to stick to the one word theme in that one. And I couldn't find another good one that was like real. Oh, that's Scoonge. Scoonge is the nickname of Carl Ferrillo. And it comes from the fact that his favorite dish was scoongeely. Oh, okay. Which is snails. Love it. Ready for the next round? Yes, sir. Yep. Round six. Tea nuts. Oh, no. I do not like that one. Saturn nuts. <laughs> oh, boy. Or roasted nuts. Oh, <laughs> oh you know game. roasted nuts is real. I'm going to say tea nuts is the fake. Yo, who's roasted nuts? He nasty. <laughs> Ooh, like I'm roasted, huh? I say tea nuts you is the fucking fake. freak. What do you think? <laughs> I hope to God it's the first one. Tea nuts. We're both tea nuts. You're both wrong. I made up roasted nuts. Ah, damn it. Oh, dude. Eric's the freak. <laughs> Fatter nuts is awesome, though. Tea nuts just comes from the fact that the guy's first name starts with a T. It's Tory Hunter. Saturn nuts comes from uh i think you've talked about him kurt schilling yep. once talked about a rookie pitcher named bronson arroyo 
who pitched in the playoffs, I think, in the World Series, and said, that guy has nuts the size of Saturn. Thus, did his nickname become Saturn Nuts. You ready for round seven? Yes, sir. Please. Round seven. Dr. Strangeglove. <laughs> oh, boy. That one gives me a real weird energy. Penitentiary face. Okay, that one's probably racist. And Big Paper Daddy. No. <laughs> I didn't know you could outdo Big Daddy Vladdy, but we did, and here we are, and here I sit. What was the first one again? On top of the mountain. Doctor Strange Glove. Ooh. Uh, oh man, do Doctor... you think baseball's stupid enough to do Doctor Strange Glove as a nickname? I don't know. That might be that might be like a certified TM Eric McAdams joke, though. Like I'm yeah. trying to get in, I'm trying to what get inside the, the mind of the dealer right the now. The second one was penitentiary face. That's gotta be real. That's that, gotta be real. There's no way Eric could make up that that <laughs> that hatred. I will I will remind you that these could come from other or come sports. From other yeah. sports. Sure, 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 sure. Like I didn't okay. make up crib midget either. I think okay, you know what? I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with penitentiary. I keep picking yeah. the middle one, but like penitentiary face, like is it you know what? I'm gonna that way in case we don't do an offensive. We can get for? a winner here. I'll say I'll say the first one is fake. You're both wrong. Oh, Big no. Paper Daddy is the nickname of Ricky Pierce, I believe. Oh, I can't remember if he's a basketball player or a football player, but he's not a baseball player. No. Ah. Penitentiary Face is a real nickname for a real baseball player named Jeffrey Leonard. Uh, and he was named that because he was always scowling. Also, probably because he was black. Uh, oh, boy. I was hoping that wasn't the truth, but I remembered uh, we're talking about baseball. Yeah. Well, any sports. A lot yeah. of the uh, a lot of the basketball nicknames that I looked at had a lot of racial connotations. Although, a lot of them were just about, like, white people being, like... Oh, he's a white version of this guy. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, one one guy's name was uh, WCW, which I thought was going to be Woman Crush Wednesday. No, it's the white... White Chris Webber. White Chris Webber. What the fuck? Yeah. Yuck. All right, you ready for round eight? Yes. Yeah? How many rounds total are there? There are ten rounds total. Love it. Cool. What are we at right now? Score three to three. You're, yeah, you're still tied. Three to three. Oh, wow. This is just like a basketball rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> the three to three basketball rivalry. Your your note excusing you for Jim is showing, my dude. <laughs> Round eight. Squatty body. Whoa. Muscle hamster. <laughs> you okay? That's what I call my penis. And no neck. Whoa. That's also what I call my penis. <laughs> oh man. Squatty body has got to be from a different sport. No, no, no. Squatty body, I bet you, is from baseball. Real, like, low. <laughs> is muscle hamster? That also sounds like baseball. That's, that's just straight up kinky. Whoever yeah. came up with that nickname had, had ulterior <laughs> motives in mind. The next, the last one was no neck. I think I no, think no neck is from a different sport. Yeah. I think no neck is appropriately mean for like a baseballer to give to another baseballer. We just got off a of Saturn nuts for Christ's sake. I think the center. I think the middle one's wrong. Tom is correct. Ah. Yes. Muscle Hamster is the nickname of Doug Martin, who is a football player. Yeah, it does make more sense for a football player. Don't call it a comeback. Call it baseball. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ready for round nine? Yep. yep. <laughs> round nine. The human rain delay. Terrifying. Terrifying. The curveless wonder. Even more terrifying somehow. No. <laughs> the human rain delay is much scarier. 
or the hick from French Lick. <laughs> wow. I, I, the hick the hick from St. Lick is definitely real because I, b- baseball strikes me as like a real like Midwestern sport where people would be like, like hick, but in a positive way. Rain delay could happen to any game. Not just necessarily baseball. And curveless makes me think of it is. It is usually baseball, though. That is the sport most known for rain delays. Okay, I'm going to have to... I keep... No, I keep going middle. I can't anymore. Human rain delay. I'll say curveless wonder. You are both incorrect. Ah, damn it. The hick from French Lick is the nickname of Larry Bird, extremely famous basketball player. Oh, boy. It's also a pretty well-known nickname. That was my litmus <laughs> test to show viewers that you do not, that you to show listeners that you guys do in fact know nothing about sports. We're not doing like an aggressive bit where we're like fuck sports. We performatively don't know about them. We just genuinely don't know anything about sports. I know a lot about soccer, which is not a real sport in America. <laughs> it's just the most popular one. It's, it's a real just, sport it, to me. This so is me, me too. I'm a Chelsea supporter. All right, round ten, final round. Tom is ahead by one. You guys ready? Yep. Yes, sir. We're going into this Tom winning four to three. This is the last round, and it's also my favorite round. <laughs> Dandy little glove man. Whoa. I just want to put him on my pocket. Death to flying things and the old woman in the red cap. Oh, oh man. Right. Whoa, okay. Like I'm going to say old woman in the red cap. No, yeah, old woman in a red cap is not a baseball player nickname. No, that's, I, I bet you it is. That sounds like wicked, like a wicked transphobic nickname, and I believe that it would be real. I guess that's true. What was the first one? Dandy little... Dandy little, little glove, glove man. man. Yep, death say, to flying things. I'm gonna say woman in the red cap. They're all real! Oh, yeah. Every single one of them! Oh, man, it was a trick <laughs> round! A yeah. Hey, guys, Halloween comes early yeah. on this episode of Media Majors. Uh, is death to flying things the baseball player that hit the bird? No! Oh, wow. <laughs> I know! Randy Newman? No. Yes, 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 yes. It was Randy Newman. It was Randy Newman. It was for sure singer-songwriter Randy Newman. No, you're thinking of Randy Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Randy Johnson does have a nickname, and it's very boring. Although you could interpret it as slang for a dick. His nickname was The Big Unit. <laughs> that is pretty, pretty boring. boring. Yeah, because he was six foot ten. Who's death to flying things? A guy named Bob Ferguson. That's Why? all we know? Yeah, he just, like, he was good at catching fly balls. Oh. That's a dumb That's nickname. it. That's, that's all it was. And the woman in the red cap? Was a guy named Charlie Pabor. I'm not sure why he was called it. I have no idea. I could not find out. Dandy Little Glove Man was uh, Mickey Morandini. He was my son. (laughs) He's Tom's tiny little son. And he's Tom's son. He was also very good at fielding. Damn, what a fun game. Yeah, that was awesome. God, baseball is the weirdest nickname. Clap, clap, clap. Congratulations on your victory. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. I'll never let you forget it until I do, which should be in approximately I'd, I'd two say, hours like, now. maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sometimes we talk about bummer stuff, and when we do, Eric brings us a little game. <laughs> it makes me feel better. Yeah. But if you have a self-care corner, uh, feel free to send it in to us. Yeah. We'll read it on the air. No one has yet. You could be the first. Yeah. You could, oh, man, we got some great spam. Oh, oh fuck, man, yeah. We got Let's some great spam. We got, I got some hella good email spam today. So I got so your email. email account. Yes. Well, it turns out that when you comment on the website, it goes to my email, mm. which is just wonderful. Got an email from, I'm surprisingly pronounced Chaim Mosh, and it is all in Hebrew. 
Nice. And when I clicked on it, it was a video of a man speaking in Hebrew in front of what looked like a Stargate. In this, it was like this weird computer graphic that just spins for the duration of like the five minute video. That is an A plus spam. Yeah. yeah. It's about converting and, you know. But hey, if you want to not send us spam or send us spam, I think it's yeah. hysterical, uh, you can contact us at mediamagerspodcast at yeah. gmail.com. You can just send us a nice email if you want to. Yeah, go for it. You, could, you should also listen to the other shows on the Major Cast Network. Eric, would you like to pick one of the shows to plug? I would, actually. There's this There's this one show that I think is pretty good on the network. It's called... Shmanime? Big Time Whoopsies. Yeah, Shmanime's not very good, and I don't recommend it. <laughs> if you're a diehard Liam and Eric fan, then you should listen to Shmanime. If you really want to hear, like, you've, you've heard me do stuff about baseball and do funny things here and uh, tell history stories on Big Time Whoopsies, if you really want to hear my anime opinions, like, I'm not going to stop you. There are anime <laughs> opinions. There's also a fair amount of riffing. <laughs> Yeah, the, to be fair, it's mostly a show about comedy bits. Yeah. Uh, but really, the, the show that I would recommend is Big Time Whoopsies, in which I tell a guest, and you, the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. It's, it's, it's really good. It's a great podcast. Listen to the most recent episode. I listened to it, and it was an extremely good one. Is that it for plugging? Follow yeah. us at, major, or at Media Majors Cast on Twitter. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps out small podcasts like us. And Oh, watch Two Boys in the City, the web series Luke and I, Luke Strickler and I made. And hey, funny. read my review of a video game called Heat Signature. It's on my website, nakedcriticism.com. Oh, right. Uh, you can also find me uh, at Paste Mag magazine.com i do news write-ups for them and occasionally get to write real things just search eric mcadams on pastemagazine.com and you'll find like 150 things i wrote yeah it's been great to read nice all right guys thanks for listening we'll see you next week and we'll talk about north korea but remember we'll be there for you i won't Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.